On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. Uh, in lieu of training camp happening, we thought that we would make a list, our top six burning questions for the Indianapolis Colts going into this season. There's exactly one month from kickoff, 31 days exactly from when we're recording here on a Thursday evening that the Colts are going to have, uh, they're going to they're play. And so we, we thought we'd raise these questions, uh, things that are going to be relevant to the Colts and what we think uh, ultimately these are going to be the, the things that decide uh, whether the Colts are successful or not. So we'll start with number six. Uh, and I put it at number six because I don't think it's super, super pressing. And Frank Reich's kind of already talked about it. But how do these running back snaps play out between Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack? I think that's a legitimate question to ask. Now, Frank Reich said Marlon Mack's our starter, but, you know, we're not going to be afraid to, to play the hot hand at times. So if Jonathan Taylor's doing super well, for example, a couple of games, they'll ride him a little bit more. Um, Derek, what are your thoughts on how you think this running back room, specifically the top two, are going to play out and how are they going to, like, share snaps this year? Well, I can appreciate and respect Frank Reich for saying that Marlon Mack is the guy to start. I mean, Marlon Mack has been the guy. He deserves the respectful honor of starting for this team. And, I mean, being a starter, you know, it means something, but at the same time, it doesn't. You know, just because you're a starter doesn't mean you're going to get the majority of the snaps. And that's what Frank Reich was saying is that, you know, Marlon, he's going to get the chance to go out there. He's going to start the game off for us. But – we're going to ride the hot hand. Whoever's running the ball better behind this offensive line and running schemes better, that's the guy who's going to get the majority of the snaps. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean that Jonathan Taylor's going to get 30 runs in a game and Max going to get five. That's not what that means. It just means more of like uh, Jonathan Taylor will get 20, Mac will get like 10, you know, something along that line. But, yeah, I mean, it's smart. You ride the hot hand. You got to ride the guy that's actually running the ball much more soundly because that's how your offense keeps going. Because, you know, if you just keep switching guys back in and out, you won't hit that hot streak like what they're mm -hmm. trying to get. Um, we actually got asked this quite a bit in the live stream yesterday. And I was wondering – they were saying, who gets the majority? Um, I told them, I really don't know. I really don't know. It, it's – Something inside me says it's going to be Taylor, but I mean, who knows? It could be Mac. Maybe the few extra snaps that Jonathan Taylor takes away from Mac. We were, we kind of hinted at it a bunch this offseason, Cody. We we're saying that these snaps that Jonathan Taylor takes away, maybe that makes Mac a more efficient runner in the snaps that he does get. And maybe he does get those few extra snaps later on where he, you know, is more healthy. He's able to run more, get better stuff like that. So maybe it is Mac. I don't know at this point. I really don't know, but I like uh, what Reich and Sirianni are starting off with, with Mac starting and just saying, whoever rides the hot hand going midway into the season that's what we're ultimately going to stop with. The biggest question for me with the lack of preseason, 
early on, I think it's going to be a lot more Marlon Mack because there is that concern with Jonathan Taylor and the fumbling issue. Uh, I think he's going to take some time working with Tom Rathman to, to figure out, you know, what he needs to do in order to prevent those fumbles from happening. Honestly, I could see, you know, we always talk about Jonathan Taylor taking away more snaps from Marlon Mack. But what if Jonathan Taylor puts the rock on the ground a couple times this off this season early on and the Colts decide we want to run, we want to run with Mack. He didn't even fumble the ball last year. We yeah. want to roll with him. Uh, maybe that's what they decide to do early on. It'd be interesting to see though, early on. And then as the season progresses, uh, how those running back snaps shape out. I think it's really going to be uh, something to wonder about and watch. Um, maybe Jonathan Taylor gets more of the snaps as the season progresses, as he's getting more comfortable in this offense and at the NFL level. So yep. that'll certainly be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, the next one I want to look at is the secondary. So this secondary's uh, had a few different additions this offseason. They lost a couple pieces in their cornerback room. Obviously, they released Pierre Desir. Uh, then they replaced him with Xavier Rose, essentially. They just recently lost Marvell Tell, who was kind of an ascending player, we thought. Um, he he won as one of three players to opt out and – Obviously, they, they lost Roland Milligan as well, who he didn't play as much snaps as those other two, but he still was a piece on special teams. And so some of these additions, I mentioned Xavier Rhodes, TJ Carey, Isaiah Rogers, uh, Julian Blackman. It's going to be interesting to see how the secondary looks. Because honestly, and I've said this before, Derek, I feel like this group in particular could really be the Achilles heel if we're not careful of this defense because there's a lot of unproven. I mean, Malik Hooker, who we talked about a little bit, he kind of had a, a rough, some rough patches last year in certain ways with miscommunication, and he's always kind of dealt with some injuries at times. Xavier Rose has had a rough couple last seasons. Uh, so there's some question marks here at the secondary, and I think ultimately, you know, we talk about will the Colts have a top 10 defense? I think that's really going to hinge on is the secondary played up to the the potential we know they can play. I think that's the biggest question mark for me. So that'll certainly be interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Derek, on the secondary for the Colts? Well, I mean, you hit on it perfectly when you mentioned uh, unprovenness, right? You got a bunch of very young guys, uh, you know, Rocky Sin, only a second-year player. Kenny Moore right. still young. Even though he's really good, he's still young. Uh, Malik Hooker, like you said, has battled with injuries, miscommunication. He's still young, still hasn't had as many snaps as what we would like. Um, Kari Willis only being a second-year guy. We know he can tackle, but he's still got some improvement to make in the secondary when it comes to pass protection. And, you know, we're wondering what that second cornerback position on the outside. So, yeah, like you said, a lot of unprovenness. And you're right, it can be the Achilles heel if we're not careful. But you also do have to think about the positives along with those negatives. You have to think of the positives that can make this unit better than what it was before. And the first of that being the improvement of the defensive line and what Chris Ballard has done, right? Bringing in that three tech into Forrest Buckner, bringing in guys like Sheldon Day and other guys like that that are going to be able to come in. Kamoko Ture is going to be back and healthy. He had a really good start to the season, and the defense was doing really fine with that secondary in the beginning. Uh, it's all a matter of does that defensive line help the secondary not have to basically run around for eight seconds, allowing the, the quarterbacks to do whatever? If that helps, 
then that certainly helps them a little bit going forward. And then we keep mentioning all the time with Xavier Rhodes, his experience, what he brings to these young guys in teaching them not only how to play the game, but the way to play the game. And, you know, helping Rocky Sin, especially with being able to clear his mind better because that's how that's what got Rocky Sin really messed up in the beginning when he first started. He put too much effort into one play, and when he messed up, he made it so personal. Xavier Rhodes has been telling him, you got to learn to stop that. You can't get too hyped up over one play. Everybody's going to mess up. You have to get better at it. And he's helped him with that, and I think that's going to be very contagious for this uh, secondary room, kind of how, you know, kind of how Quentin Nelson's been for the offensive line and how Darius Leonard has been through, for the whole defense as a general. So um, I definitely think this this group is young still, but has a lot of pieces that have been added to this defense that is going to help it. And if Rocky Sin takes that leap that I'm thinking he can, this, this secondary is going to be just fine this next year. They have youth on their side. Unfortunately, they're still unproven, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this season. Uh, the next one we want to look at, another position that's been added a little to this offseason, how about the wide receiver room? Uh, this group last year was very injured. It seemed like pretty much all the receivers at one point were banged up. Uh, yeah. You think of the, the, the top three last year, T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, and Paris Campbell, they missed more time than they were on the field last year. Yep. Obviously, you know, we know we, we can throw blame at Jacoby Brissett for the Colts offense uh, not being as good in the passing game as we hoped they would be. But also, you know, you have to throw in that factor. The wide receivers were all hurt last year. And so my kind of topic that I want to want to talk about here, my question is, first off, can they all stay healthy? And then second off, can they provide some relief to their quarterback and also compliment T.Y. Hilton? Because we have not seen a receiver be able to come alongside and compliment T.Y. Hilton in pretty much a decade. It's been about a decade, it seems like, yep. since the Colts have had legitimate two receivers um, that can complement each other really well. Now, obviously, they added Michael Pittman, who, at least from a physical standpoint, we feel like complements Hilton's game really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, they're pretty much opposites in terms of physical stature. Pittman, Pittman being 6'4", Hilton under you know 5'10", I think, 5'9", 5'10" something along those lines. So Derek, what are your thoughts on this wide receiver group? It feels like it's another group similar to the corner position. They're, they're young, they have potential, but they also have a lot to prove. Yeah, absolutely. And to answer your first question, when it comes to the health, um, Michael Pittman, I don't think has ever had an issue. Um, you certainly hope that stays that way. Um, I think he's pretty fundamentally sound when it comes to stuff like that. So if he's going to get hurt, I'd imagine it's probably going to be from a tackle or something, not from something that he does personally. Um, you know, and T.Y. Hilton, um, how does he fare out? You know, we know the last two seasons he's had some on and off injuries that he's had to deal with. Obviously, he's back now, feels 100%. He's ready to go, so no issues there. We hope it stays that way, uh, at least for the majority of the season. Uh, I like what Chris Ballard has said about Paris Campbell and getting his body right. And Zach Pascal's never really had an issue, uh, or at least if he has, we've never seen anything about it. So um, this, this group could be a little more healthier this year, I think. I think this, this one will be a little better. Obviously, you have your question marks about Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton personally, but those two other guys, if they stay reliable, then this is going to be a little bit better. Um, 
But yeah, to compliment T.Y. Hilton, you're right. Since Hilton has arrived in Indianapolis, we have not had a receiver that has come in and said, I am the true number two behind this guy. I mean, we thought that was Dante Moncrief for a while with with Andrew Luck, but obviously that never quite ended up that way because, you know, in the few times that Dante Moncrief was asked to lead the team in the receiving field, it, it just never happened. You know, he was big player bust basically was, right. the, was his motto. <laughs> yeah. um, Pittman, I just don't think you need to be that way. Pittman with being 6'4", 6'5", and being 220 pounds, you got a guy that is a possession wide receiver. It's a guy that you can use like a – he's a, basically a bigger Reggie Wayne, a guy that can go deep and go up and get the ball, a guy that you can do an under route or guy that does a curl to the outside and just say, go get me a seven yard reception to get us a first down. And that's what we need. I I think Pittman is that guy. And you know, T Y Hilton is the guy that, you know, has great hands, great route runner, very well balanced. And a guy that's a very speedy receiver Pittman, not as speedy, but he has even better hands, a great route runner, very instinctive. I think that these guys complement each other really well. And I think Zach Pascal uh, complements this wide receiver group really well too. Cause I've been seeing the few times that they practice so far, they've been showing a lot of Zach Pascal. I mean, his routes look really crisp right now. Uh, Frank Reich's been saying that I like what I'm seeing from Zach so far. So mm-hmm. I- I'm, I'm excited for this group. You know, Zach's our guy. Zach's our boy. Be sure to check out our interview with him. Fantastic yep. uh, interview and also fantastic player. I'm excited to see what he does uh, with a quarterback that will give him shots to make plays down the field. Because he had over 700 yards last year with one of the, at least in terms of passing yards, one of the lowest ranked passing offenses. So I'm excited to see what him and Rivers do, the connections they make this year. Yep. All right. Uh, the number three burning question for me, it has to be three. Um, I think it has to be higher than some of these other ones because it cost the Colts a couple games last year. Uh, the kicking competition, how does that play out, right? They got two guys right now that are vying for that starting kicking position. Obviously, last year, Chase McLaughlin finished the year as the Colts' starting kicker. He performed pretty well, things considered. Um, I think he missed in total one field goal out of all his field goals attempts. Uh, made all his extra points, was, was very, very good for the Colts. He was only a rookie last year, so he performed formed really well considering the circumstances and then you got a guy that brought in undrafted free agent um i mean hot rod has just been a name that's been floating around colts nation people have hyped this guy up uh they they just have loved this guy and they think he's going to win this competition uh but it's going to be interesting Derek. we've been pretty vocal we think chase mclaughlin has a leg up right now no pun intended um on this kicking battle because we feel like He's done it before. You know, we, we've said, if it's not broke, why do we try to fix it? I honestly think Chase McLaughlin has the leg up here, but I'm curious your thoughts on this kicking position. Yeah, um, from what I've been seeing about uh, the running back group kind of brings me into the kicking group here. Uh, Frank Reich was saying Marlon Mack, he's the starter. He's the guy that's been in the system, the guy that deserves that chance. Uh, even though McLaughlin's been here a lot less than that, McLaughlin came into a very bad kicking situation, very bad. And I mean, historically bad and came in and provided stability. Uh, Didn't really provide a lot of flash, but he was consistent. Uh, Never missed uh, extra points, which, you know, is something we couldn't say about Vinny last year. 
and you know, hit the majority of his kicks. So again, the, the issue of why fix something that it's not broken. If McLaughlin ends up really crapping the bed in the beginning of the season, like Vinny did, then it's okay to say, Hey, okay, hot Rob, we're going to mix things up here. But until that time, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's fine. And then people are saying, you know, well, we don't want Hot Rod going somewhere else, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, how realistically, how much does a kicker actually change the dynamic of the team going forward? I mean, I know we gave Vinny uh, a lot of crap for us losing games, right? But I mean, the problem is, is the kicker is fully dependent on where the offense and defense puts you. The, the kicker doesn't put himself where he's at. He only makes the things that he has put into position to play. The offense and the defense makes up everything else. So it's not it's not a thing where if we were to lose Hot Rod to another team that's willing to trade for a field goal kicker of all things, <laughs> then I get it. But like, yeah, it's just no reason to change it right now. Chase came in, did well, and doesn't deserve to lose the spot yet. If he starts crap in the bed, then yeah, he deserves it. But right now, I think he needs to stay the starter. Unless he's catastrophically bad, I just don't see uh, the Colts making a change there. Maybe they do. Maybe they surprise us. Maybe they like what they see out of Hot Rod. But overall, if I'm making the decisions, which I'm not, but if I was, I would definitely roll with the guy that we you, you know a little bit more. Um, he, he's been in the NFL a little bit. He's had a little bit more experience. All right, so the number two burning question for me is these young pass rushers. We know the Colts obviously improved in the defensive interior. It was the weakness of the defensive line last year and even of the defense last year. Uh, they improved with the force Buckner. They've added some pieces in that interior. Now the question for me and for the Colts should be, how about some of these young guys you drafted the last couple of years? How about Kamoko Ture? You mentioned him already. Um, he showed flashes, but he's been injured a lot too. Does he bounce back? Okay, how about Ben Banigou? Um, he had some flashes last year also. You know, does he continue to improve? Does he maybe take over that other defensive end position? Um, I think he has a shot to. You know, maybe he does that. Maybe he surprises us and has a really solid sophomore campaign. Even guys like Taekwon Lewis, what is he going to provide? Is he just going to be another depth piece? Is he even going to make this roster? What's he going to do? I'm curious, Derek, your thoughts on these three guys and even Al-Kadim Muhammad, some of these younger pass rushing defensive lineman for the Colts. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Well, I mean, it sucks what happened with Ture, right? You had the um, really freakish accident with that ankle uh, the last year, and obviously uh, that ended his season. It was off to a really good start, too. Uh, one and a half sacks in his first four games. I mean, he was, you know, potentially on his way to, you know, getting a double-digit sack season. We were all saying, I mean, he was – at the begin in the first four weeks of the season, he was actually the third best at making pressure on the quarterback amongst all defensive linemen. So he was doing well. He was getting close to the quarterback significantly more than most people in the NFL. So this is a guy we had hopes for, and obviously we still have hopes for because he's been working out with uh, Robert Mathis. Um, it seems like anyone who's smart and wants to get better at football will do that. Um, I, I have high hopes for him. I think he's going to come in 
and eventually start and take over that one defensive end position. I know a lot of people say, well, what do you do with Houston? Well, I mean, Houston's 32. I'm not wanting to bank my season on a 32-year-old defensive lineman that I know is still good, but if we want to keep him around for a while and we want him to stay fresh, he needs to lose some of those snaps. He can't be the consensus starter for the whole season. He's going to wear out before uh, the playoffs get here. Um, And Ben Manigou, um, I've heard a lot of people say that they are encouraged about him. I can't say what I would entail for him because I just, I'm not smart enough to know what exactly the Colts are going to try to use him for. I know that, that maybe they will decide that, you know, maybe if Ben Banigou really does improve his pass rushing, he will get to that point where he can own that second defensive end spot on the opposite side of Kamoko Ture. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, ben Banigou certainly not a pass rushing specialist. He's more of a guy that just makes plays in the backfield because he can play that linebacker defensive end hybrid role. But, um, you know, it's just, there's more questions really for Ben Manigou. We didn't see enough of him last year. Uh, we'll have to see what they do with it because, you know, defensive end position is open this year. It really is. It's open. Maybe Frank Reich and Matt Everfliss decide to mix some things up. Maybe we'll see something different. Yeah. But, um, and Al-Qudi Muhammad, I mean, I mean, I like the guy, again, very young, a guy that, you know, in very limited snaps makes a player to every game that really stands out, especially early. I think in division, in divisional games, I always see a play every now and again where this guy makes something happen. And I'm like, oh, that was Muhammad. I'm surprised. And, you know, he just, he makes plays and, you know, in regards to Taekwon Lewis, I really don't know. Um, do they even want to move him to end? I have no idea. Um, I, I like him more as a as a uh, pass rusher than Ben Banigou at this moment in time. But that's really all I see Taekwon Lewis as at this moment. Um, even though Taekwon Lewis has a good build for him to be able to uh, play run defense, I don't usually see that. So... It's still a lot of questions about this defensive line. Do they stay healthy? Does Kamoko Ture stay healthy? And then who's going to step up? Who would? Who is it? I do want to know. I mean, because we have guys that have potential, but so far haven't really stepped up to where we want them to yet. So that's going to be another really burning question on who's going to take that uh, assertive role here. It's really got to be, you know, potential and then production. I mean, the Colts have loads of potential. In certain areas, production just hasn't been there yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Somebody to take the next step and offer that production, not just potential. That's, I think, what the Colts need to have from their defensive line. They need this year for that to be a reality. I think that that's fair to say. Um, and then a number one burning question. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. The quarterback room, how does that shake out? Does Phillip Rivers have a bounce back year this year? He had kind of a down year last year. We know there are different factors for that, but how does, how does that shake out for Phillip Rivers? And then also that third quarterback position, what does Jacob Eason show in camp? I think that's going to be interesting because we have people saying that Jacob Eason's going to be the franchise quarterback whenever Phillip Rivers is gone. So for me, I know he's not going to get any chance to show anything in the preseason, but what does he show to the Colts in camp? I think that is going to be interesting 
So for, for me, it's Rivers now for the current Colts quarterback spot and also for the potential future in Jacob Eason. Those are going to be some interesting things to see um, how they progress this, this season. Obviously, I put it at number one because the quarterback position drives your football team. If you have good quarterback play, you're most likely going to be in contention most years. And if you have bad quarterback play, we saw it last year, uh, it can really hinder you no matter how good your team is. Um, and even that 49ers team, when it came down to crunch time, their quarterback couldn't get it done. And that's what the Colts need, their quarterback to get it done when it matters the most. So uh, what are your thoughts, Derek, on the quarterback position before we wrap this up? Yeah, uh, Phillip Rivers, I do think, has a bounce back year. Um, whether or not he gets the stats that we saw in 2018 um, just depends how much we use the running game and whether or not our receiver group stays healthy. Um, and even our tight ends for that matter. But um, I like what I like what this team is built around Rivers. Um, I know the wide receiver options are not as, you know, maybe as tuned as he's normally used to. He's used to having a veteran that will stay out there and can make a play on his own at any time. I mean, I expect T.Y. Hilton to kind of be that guy. Um, but, you know, just kind of guys like Keenan Allen, Vincent Jackson, guys like that that you could just throw the ball up to and just let them go make the play. Um, we, we expect Michael Pittman to potentially be that at some point. Who knows? Um, and for Jacob Eason, yeah, um, it really does suck that there's no preseason to show this uh, show off his arm talent. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it's for Eason, it's all about, you know, trying to – uh, take everything in and just be himself. I don't want him to try and be, um, I don't want him to try and be careful because right now what you are as a quarterback, you're a third string quarterback. You don't need to prove yourself to anything right now because whatever you do, no matter how amazing you are at practice, it's not going to change anything about the fact you are a third string quarterback right now. Take what you're being given Go out there, play the way you normally do. Go gunslinging, stay in the pocket, be a gunslinger, but take into account what Frank Reich is, is feeding you and then use that. Because if you get timid or you get impatient or if you just try to be too nitpicky with the way you play, then you're going to make it worse for yourself. Don't do that. Go out and just be yourself, but take the advice of what Frank Reich's giving you and then a year or two down the line, when we know what we're, where we start to see a potential trend upwards in his mechanics, then we'll see a quarterback that could potentially be this future. Yeah, definitely agree. Well, that'll wrap up this podcast, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let us know, are there any other burning questions that you have about the Colts this season? Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. But for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much. And as always, go Colts.